you join Hooray, the first thing you get is you get an email and a text from us and hey, welcome to Hooray Health. Click here to schedule your well virtual wellness. We mail you a lab kit. Virtually all of the, um, the providers are primary care physicians. You're not going to get a nurse practitioner or, uh, or a PA. You're going to get a physician and they go through and do your family history, your medical history, everything, your prescriptions. And you can see that same physician every month if you want to. Hey, what's up, guys? Spencer Smith here, host of the Self-Funded with Spencer podcast, sponsored by Pareto Health, ClaimDoc, and PlanSight. Enjoy today's episode. I'm, okay. I'm here with Shane Foss, the CEO and founder of Hooray Health. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing awesome. I, I got to ask, when you make a sale, do we yell hooray? Like, is that a... Yeah, is, uh, we, we yell hooray and we ring the bell. Do you ring the bell? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we have a bell in our office. We are a sales organization. So. I love it, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I, I want to get to ask a question here in a moment, how hooray health got its name, because yeah. I'd love to hear that story. But Shane, the normal protocol here is we, we spend a few minutes getting to know you before we get into the solution itself. But before we get to know you, can you at least position what hooray health is so somebody that's listening in will go, oh, that's this episode is about that. Could, yeah, you, could you tell us what you do? Yeah. So we um, we really focus on the hourly employee, whether it's full time, part time, uh, 1099, and they have different needs from a health benefit standpoint, um, and that's where we focus. We've we've created our whole business around delivering uh, meaningful and affordable benefits for that population, and we do it through a couple different ways, and one of them is technology from okay. a mobile app. We centralize all their benefit offerings uh, on the mobile app, but then we have our own provider network, which is a $25 copay, no balance bill, national, we're in 48 states, uh, specialized really on urgent care and retail clinics. And it's a very simple model, but it's incredibly effective. And uh, and that's, you know, that's Hooray Health in a nutshell. Well, is there a category, if you will, are you guys creating, is it emerging, or is there a name for kind of the category of the style of plan that you guys uh, offer? You know, traditionally, they, they, were, uh, they were called mini-meds. Mini-meds, okay. Right, which is a, a bad term. <laughs> um, but we are, uh, you know, what we've done is we've taken that product, which in all honesty, I think have done well, which is what we've done, uh, is a great product because it's a fixed indemnity. And what we do is we add a accident medical expense to it and sometimes a minimum essential coverage if, if it's uh, required. Uh, and we vertically integrate all of them together into one ID card and one experience. And so the member doesn't have to pay anything up front like they used to, right, okay. with the mini med. Okay. You know, the old mini meds, if you remember, they would have, you know, a $50 ambulance benefit to make it look, you know, they'd have a list of 40 benefits to make it look like major medical, but, you know, $50 isn't even a tip, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so we, um, so what we did was we said, look, we're not going to do that. What we're going to say is, here's your physician visits, here's your urgent care visits, you know, here's your lab x-ray. And, uh, and we've been around for seven, almost eight years now and always doing the right thing for the, the member. And, uh, and you know, well, I'm glad you said that. Well. And I, that's something that's really from a, a philosophical standpoint, a mission standpoint. I don't care if it's a self-funded plan. I don't care if it's fully insured. I don't care if it's an ICRA plan as we were just talking about. If it's doing the right thing for the member, it's ultimately helping somebody access care. Right. Uh, we talked about some of the statistics which I'm sure we'll bring up earlier about uh, functionally uninsured and people that don't have savings over 500 bucks. It's it's astronomical. We're at a mm -hmm. tipping point. So uh, before we go fully into 
your solution, I, will, I always like to take a step back, sure. get to know who you are, and ultimately to understand the why behind how Hooray Health came to be. So why don't you give us a little of your background, your bio, sure. if you don't mind. So I grew up in a small town in northern Minnesota, blue-collar family, great, great upbringing. Um, we, uh, I joined the military. I was in the Air Force. That's, that's what brought me to Texas. Okay. And so I've been in Texas ever since. And so uh, I was what they called a scrub tech. And so uh, I worked in surgery. I assisted surgeons during surgery. And I was at Wilford Hall. It was the Air Force's largest uh, hospital. And uh, I just fell in love, love healthcare. Okay. And, uh, and so ended up, I was going to school while I was in the military. I worked weekend uh, nights and uh, met my wife. So we've been married uh, 28 years. So no she's an anesthesiologist. And uh, so we, um, I started working, when I left the military, I started working for Johnson & Johnson in orthopedic medical device sales. Uh, then I went to- What type of devices were you selling? Or, so Orthos, total, total, total knee. hip, total knee. Okay, okay. Yep, and so, uh, and, and I did a lot of that, uh, I scrubbed a lot of that surgery, type of surgery when I was in the military. So, uh, you know, and orthopedic surgeons are kind of my kind of people, you know, and so, uh, you know, you just, it, it was it was a great fit. Really enjoyed it. I did that for the first 25 years of my career. So uh, I was at Johnson Johnson, then I was at Stryker Orthopedics for most of it, and uh, and it was just a great foundation from a business standpoint, mm -hmm. a leadership standpoint, um, and uh, I learned so much. And you know, some of my best friends are still there. And so, speaking of one of my best friends, so when I left Stryker. Uh, one of my best friends, Clint Hampton, left, and he, he was uh, the uh, CEO. He got his first CEO job at a company called Employer Direct. Oh, yeah. And so Employer Direct was Surgery Plus. where So they were insolvent. He said, this is going to be the, large, the, the shortest CEO tenure if I don't start raising some money. I need you to come in and help me. And so I went as, in as a COO, and I loved it because I had never been in health benefits before. Okay. And what an opportunity. And so we, we evaluated the business and I, I know surgery and I love surgery. So we, um, we fixed the business, we turned it around, sold it in 11 months. And so oh, wow. stayed on for six months after that and made the transition. And then actually Clint and I were consulting and in health benefits and really network development and uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. Mm -hmm. And I had a back issue and I went into the surgeon care and I had United Healthcare at the time. And I had $75 copay for urgent care. So I went into the urgent care, paid the $75. I got an uh, x-ray of my neck. They gave me two injections, muscle relaxer, mm. anti-inflammatory. And, you know, I'm on my way. Well, three months later, I get an $800 balance bill. Mm -hmm. So I call them up and I said, hey, you're in network. You know, why is this $800? Well, you got carve outs. And a lot of people don't realize that the $75 copay is only towards the physician portion. So what's happened over the you know over the last ten years is that providers have and insurers have let them have these carve outs. Well, so there's no transparency, mm -hmm. and so I thought, man, this is an opportunity. So, um, so I negotiated it down to eighty dollars because it wasn't contractual. Uh, most people wouldn't have done that. Yeah. And so um, I came up with this idea of, you know, most. Under the age of 50, 64% of the population does not go to a primary care. They okay. do not have a primary care. So I came up with the idea that uh, um, we could probably create a bundled or a flat rate in an urgent care. And uh, so I got a bunch of urgent care owners together. I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. We talked through it. And you know, now, eight years later, we have the same exact contract 
in the 48 states with every provider, no kidding. the same price, $25 copay, no balance bill, any service rendered under the roof of that facility is covered. And so when you look at who who we wanted to serve, mm-hmm. which was the hourly population, that is life-changing because you talk to parents that don't feel comfortable taking their child in when they're sick because they don't know what the cost is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking. And so we... Um, yeah, so we we analyzed the market. We knew that there was going to be an inflection point at some point where major medical was going to exceed um, really the ability for an hourly employee to right. uh, to pay for it. Um, and so I wrote a business plan. I uh, I self funded it. You know, I, I bootstrapped it for the first year, and then raised a little money from friends and family, and then went out and got uh, professional money and here we are well nice little uh, segue in there self-funded i appreciate you throwing that in there yeah, yeah. it's the name of the podcast so yeah. self-funded but uh cu- couple questions going back in time because there's a lot of good stuff there and that journey uh, like it seems like a pretty interesting uh couple of bullet yeah. points to get there um i gotta ask though like have you always been an operations guy going in and then turning that business around in such short order i saw you were the ceo right is that an do you have an operations mentality so I am a total salesperson. Okay. And so, um, but what you do is, um, you know, you lay out the strategy and then you hire good people. So um, Long Tran, who is actually our COO with me at, uh, at uh, uh, Hooray Health, is, was actually uh, over at, with me over okay. at, at uh, Employer Direct. And he's the, he's the get it done guy. And he's gotcha. the, org, you know, he's, he's the organizational and responsibility side of my brain. <laughs> So, you know, it, it, so, uh, um, but it's really about getting the strategy and having the right people to execute it. Yeah, absolutely. And so what about, though, you, the targeting of urgent care specifically, right? Because there's mm-hmm. the primary component, yeah. urgent care sits in the middle, and then you have emergent care. Why did the urgent care seem like the area for the most opportunity in your mind? Pareto Health is the manager of the largest employee benefits group captive in the United States. And it's also now the main sponsor of the Self-Funded with Spencer podcast. I chose to partner with Pareto Health for three main reasons. Number one, their dedication to improving the world of health benefits. Number two, their mission to reduce volatility and to make self-funding simple for mid-sized employers. And number three, the strength and scale of their program. With over 2,300 member groups and more than $1 billion of stop-loss premium under management, Pareto Health is the most robust solution of its kind in the country, period. Stay tuned for more information because I'm sure I'll be featuring them on an episode of the podcast very soon. Visit Pareto Health at ParetoHealth.com or follow them on LinkedIn to stay up to date on the latest news and developments. So it's the fastest growing segment of the healthcare delivery model, right? Um, It's the most convenient. I mean, I had been going to urgent cares for years um, because they're open seven days a week. They have on-site lab, on-site x-ray, you know, I don't want to take off time in the middle of the day to go see a primary care physician for something that I can walk in when it's convenient for me to go see a physician. Yeah. And uh, and and unfortunately, we've been trained over the last, you know, 50, 60 years that that, you know, showing up for an eight o'clock appointment and being seen at 12 is just the way it is in a physician's office. And I don't operate that way and you know nobody else should either. So I really like the urgent care and I know that as a young person, you know, I've got two kids that that's where they would rather go, right? Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. something that I can go in and you know, you look at, you know, millennials, you look at Gen Zers, Gen Xers, you know, they're you know, they're about 
the experience. They're very um, pragmatic about yeah. their care, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you talk to my mom, boy, she loves her physician. She's, she would never see anybody else, right? But I talked to my son, he's like, I don't care. Yeah, right. Yeah, whoever can get me in. And exactly, spend, yeah. and so. Well, you've so, almost replicated, and we'll structurally talk about your, your the setup here in a moment, mm -hmm. but it feels like you've replicated somewhat of the direct primary care, the capitated model for primary care right. with urgent care. Is that is that a good way to put it? I, I think it's a great way to put it because we, we actually looked at direct primary care first, um, but the, the challenge was at the time, um, it wasn't scalable. And okay. so when you look at who our target audience, who I, I'm, I was looking ahead, was going to be the large jumbo clients like, you know, like a Lululem and a Topgolf, where they have a footprint nationally, mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be able to deliver on the direct primary care like I was on the urgent care. And so uh, the urgent care really was just a great fit. Okay. Well, and so with that, though, you, uh, I, we'll, get, we'll get in the plan in a second. I do want to make sure we don't go too far too fast with, because it sounds like, hey, you had uh, some conversations with some some guys, you set up a plan and were successful eight years later. I know there's obviously a lot more to it than that. Oh, but yeah. when that, that round table or that mastermind, if you will, of the urgent care doctors, like what really culminated out of the early days of that? What were some of the ideas? What were some of the opportunities that you discovered? Well, it's interesting. We sat down probably for five hours with this group and, um, uh, it's, it was really, I just, I asked them, you know, what are the most common things that you see? What are your pain points? What are, um, what are the issues when patients come in and they, you know, they don't have insurance or they have insurance? What are the issues? And we walked through everything and, uh, and wrote everything down and went to a carrier and said, hey, can we do this? Can we do that? And we worked through everything. And then I went back to him and said, hey, this is the contract. And they're like, this is perfect. Perfect. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. So the, the, there's a common theme that I've discovered sitting down with entrepreneurs. And I can't tell you how many have had that $800 bill, balance bill oh, scenario. I mean, yeah. it's almost that, that number seems to be the sweet spot right. uh, to trigger action, if you will. But it's always interesting when you go through that experience yourself. And obviously you were doing well at that time, but that $800 mm -hmm. bill was still egregious enough for you to go, well, what oh, the heck? Uh, yeah. And then start ultimately start a, a business to solve that problem. So once you got that contract in place, you mentioned that the DPC model is, is limited, right? And its ability to expand. How did you overcome that? How are you not limited by the same geographic constraints? Well, so what we did was, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's not a centralized, you know, phone book of all the urgent cares or all the providers in the, in the country. So I literally just networked myself for the first 2000 mm -hmm. and, uh, and would network in sell my vision, because we didn't have any lives at that time. And uh, and would get contracts, okay. and so we um, so we we strategically looked at all of the major metro areas, the top fifty major metro areas, and when you look at the, and when I say top fifty major metro areas, I you know, Dallas Fort Worth would be two metro areas, but it really combined it's one. Sure. So sure. So um, when you look at the top fifty metro areas strategically, eighty two percent of the population in the United States is within twenty miles of that okay. that metro area. So that's where we targeted initially, and um, and so we literally just um, we just would call, set up appointments, and and sell the vision, and they would. So contract. you had to sell the vision to those urgent care providers oh, yeah. first, right? First, yeah. So you had that network had to be structurally yep. in place. So how long did it take to stand that up where it was sufficient to go and then sell it to membership? Six months. Six months. Six okay. months to start, and then um, and we started in Texas, 
And then, um, and then it grew pretty rapidly. And, you know, we add today, we add over 35 a month new contracts. No, no kidding. Okay. Yeah, we, we have over 50% of the urgent cares in the United States contracted today. No kidding. And so um, our footprint, so when we when we do a geoanalysis for, let's, let's just, Target is not a client, but I'm just going to, I'll just use Target because I remember we did one for them. And uh, we, with their, their stores, we had 85% of their population within a 10 miles of a, a contracted provider okay. of, of Hooray Health. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's right. And then, so when did it hit that critical mass, that six month point when you could start going to sell a group now? Uh, is that, yeah, is that so when we start? We, okay. Yeah, we, start, we started in Texas. We had Texas, Oklahoma, um, I'm trying to think where else, Arizona was the other, other one where we had good coverage. And so we just started selling in those areas. Mm -hmm. um, but then within, you know, within two years, we were, you know, we had a, we could go national um, but it was really at the so probably four years ago so it was probably at the three-year mark where we we really started getting scale and getting national clients um, and uh, you know it, it's 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 amazing because we started we started with really Aflac rep selling our product and you know a lot of small independents and then we really learned how difficult it was to manage the small group through that process. Okay. And so then we started going upstream and we, um, we brought on a, um, new investors. And then one of the, one of the gentlemen that joined us was Russell Huber, who's a great guy. One, I mean, unbelievable sales guy and best I know. And, um, and we started selling into, you know, the large brokerages, the Lockton's, the Gallagher's, okay. the Mercer's, and they're who have the large clients of course, yeah. and the Holmes Murphy's. Yeah. Right. And so, um, and then we started grabbing, you know, selling national clients. And, you know, knock on wood, we, we haven't lost a client in four years. No kidding. No kidding. Oh. I mean, you know, Siemens Energy has been with us for five years. and um, That's an incredible retention yeah, rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we've done really well. And um, and so we so it's interesting, you know, you, you talk about, you know, overnight successes and, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, you just, you know, you had a great idea and it just happened. <laughs> COVID killed us. Nobody Did wanted. It. Okay. Yeah. Okay. COVID, nobody wanted to. Nobody wanted to um, uh, move. Right. They didn't want to do anything different. So COVID, we just stayed stagnant. We, but we kept all of our business. But we stayed stagnant and we learned. Um, but what, what we really learned was we built the the core competency around implementation, uh, client management, and okay. you know our implementation and client management team is world-class it's funny when i go to brokerages and uh you know ones that i call in and you know we're talking and they're just like your implementation team and account management is unbelievable and we just take all the worry out of it for them and the the hassle because it's interesting is hourly benefits are completely different and you know when you're a broker for 20 years even 10 15 years your focus is always on major medical mm -hmm. which i understand mm -hmm. you know i i wish everybody could afford major medical but it's just not the case so they really lean on us and that's you know and that's where we focus so it's okay. it's really good well what do you think uh, if you could put your finger on maybe with the why, why, why have you been able to be so successful in implementation? I mean, what is a, was it just a, a very intentional focus on it or just great people, all the above? Like, tell me what, what's going on there. Yeah, great question. So um, it was intentional in the sense that we put a ton of focus. We had, um, you know, when we were getting these larger clients, our participation was not where we thought it should be. So we put some focus on it. Um, we brought in a lady, uh, Deb Lamro. She was uh, she'd worked at Aetna and client client team, and she just 
she's done an incredible job. And, um, and then, uh, you know, Troy Rockman, who runs our, our, uh, implementation side with their, their leadership and guidance, what's happened is they've, they've really, you know, taken ownership and just to improve the process, listen, um, to what's going on. And they, they really treat it like a, um, uh, like, you know, Troy's almost like a process manager, if you would, mm -hmm. yeah, right? Where he is just, okay, we send out the, we send out the uh, information after every meeting and here's next, here's next, here's next. And it's just the workflow and, um, and we've just put so much structure. And so it's, uh, but, you know, ideas are always great, but people have to execute. You gotta so, execute, yeah. So, um, you know, I am incredibly blessed. My team is um, unbelievable. I mean, we, I, I, you know, I've, I've been in senior leadership for a long time, and this is by far the best leadership team I've ever had. Well, it's amazing. Well, then it's obviously there's no uh, accident in, in terms of your the success of the organization itself, like from an implementation side. So I'd like to, if we could, segue into the product itself, right? Let's really sure. talk about the nitty gritty of what it does, who it serves, sure. and how it's structurally built. So why why don't we start with the what? What exactly is this product? We talked about it briefly before. Let's go deep into what it does. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So it is a technically from an insurance product, it's fully underwritten. Okay. okay. So it's fully insured either by Zurich or National Guardian Life. And it is a hospital indemnity paired with an accident medical expense, uh, no deductible, 100% uh, mm -hmm. of usual and customary on the AME. Um, and then uh, depending uh, a self-funded MEC, uh, minimum essential coverage. And so it's all fully integrated uh, through our TPA. We use one ID card. Okay. And so it is a, um, it is a plan really for sickness and illness okay. and accident, plus you can add preventive. Okay, okay. With, a, with a minimum essential coverage. We focus on the hourly population, whether that's full-time or part-time, um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are 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 gonna you know start putting two and two together because participation on the hourly side has gone down dramatically with major. Medical. What's it at on average? Do you have a statistic for that? You know, I don't know what it is at, on average right now, um, but it's uh, you know just to give you an idea, we've had clients where you know we talked earlier, we never really lose to a competitor. We lose to just hey, we're putting this off this year, right? Okay, and um, we. Uh, we had a we had a client we had two last year that were significant clients, you know ten thousand plus, and uh, and they they went down to you know ten thirteen percent participation, Jeez. and they said we have to figure something yeah, else out. Yeah, and the and the challenge is you know in that market is, you know as an employer you know if you're at a five thousand dollar deductible and you're paying you know a lot of times to make it affordable you know 50 to 70 percent of it you're doing the right thing and then you still don't get the participation and if you have a self-funded plan that hurts mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um but then from a carrier standpoint you know you may have requirements look you need 50 percent participation right so that hurts them as well and so you know we do a lot of management carve outs where um you know we'll do something special with the hourly but um but that's that's who we focus on. That's really the the problem that we're solving. Um, but from a, going back to the product, what we've done is we've we've created uh, some really unique products. So when so when you look at our our vision statement, it's really we help people through affordable and meaningful benefits that increase uh, access to healthcare. Okay. That's our focus. And so when I say meaningful benefits, are I'll give you an example. Our 
our primary care um, payment, our daily or our, our yeah our daily rate is a hundred dollars. Okay. Well, we use First Health as our wrap network. Average average contracted rates usually about sixty eight bucks is what we see. So they're getting a check for thirty two dollars. Um, on top of that, and then our lab benefits are you know fifty dollars per lab. Well, our average CBC is twelve dollars, right? Okay. So, so we we give meaningful benefits. Our goal is that they have zero out of pocket at the time of service, right? Um, so we'll so we but when when we looked at our benefits, we went to the CDC, the CDC, and then um, uh, I think it's IHS. We looked at the data. We said, okay. What's going on in a given year for our population, mm-hmm. which is really under the age of 50? And two physician visits a year. Um, you've got labs and x-rays. Accident is 12% of the cost, right? Okay. And then less than 5% is hospitalization. Well, then you look at the hospitalization under the age of 50, 92% of it was pregnancy-related. Really? Right? 92%? 92%. Okay. And so when you look at that, you're like, okay. We need to do something, you know, meaningful if we're going to sit underneath a high deductible for for a pregnancy. So, you know, our our lowest um, our lowest plan will pay up to almost fifty eight hundred for a for a re, for to subsidize to help. You should have major medical if you're pregnant, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, for a two day stay, right, with baby and uh, mother and baby, and so again, meaningful benefits. So we can help take care of that five thousand dollar deductible. But um, but when you look at what happened traditionally in a in you know mini meds just fix indemnity it was always just meant as a supplemental where you know you submit a claim you get a payment back well we changed that paradigm because we push eligibility to providers with our id card so they identify them as insured and they bill us and then we adjudicate the claim okay well um and then from a plan design standpoint we really focus on okay historically even though we know that the average person is going to go see a physician two times a year, right? If I see a limit of two times, that's a limit in my mind, right? Even though we know that they're not going to exceed that, but that's fine. So what we've done is we've created uh, what we call our max plan. So we have a bucket of money. So we start at 5000 and go all the way to 90000 And those daily benefit limits are um, are basically pulled out of that 90,000. So let's say if I go to the hospital for the first day, it's $3,000, $1,500 a day after that. Surgery is, you know, 2000 or 2,500 bucks. Um, you know, outpatient surgery, 2,500 bucks, 500 anesthesia that comes out of that 90,000 bucket. Okay. Um, but if on the 5,000 plan, which by the way is only, you know, $55, right? Uh, it's, I can go see a, go to an urgent care 32 times i could see a you know i could see a a primary care physician 50 times oh, wow. in a year right okay there's no limit except for the bucket of the money. absolute dollar amount yeah okay yeah. well so so as in terms of application of an, an individual right we, we mentioned the hourly employee obviously mm-hmm. i presume that means a little bit lower waged employee as well so what is ultimately compelling me why would this be a fit for me instead of you know buying my employer sponsors plan or obviously the other side is go without what what specifically are you solving for me in that persona type sure plan is a complete game changer in the world of insurance broker as a broker you know how time consuming and error prone the traditional rfp process can be but what if i told you there's a better way 
PlanSight is the only end-to-end -end RFP solution on the market made specifically for benefits agencies. It's like having a superpower that gets you an average of eight to 10 hours back per employer renewal per year. And the best part, PlanSight supports all carriers, all funding types, and all group sizes for over 20 different benefits. If you're ready to make your RFP process faster, more efficient, and more profitable, it's time to call PlanSight. Visit PlanSight.com now to book a free demo and discover the future of insurance renewals. So I think we solve a couple things. So 50% um, of Americans don't have $500 in their bank account. So if they have a $5,000 or even a $1,000 deductible, they're functionally uninsured. They can't use that plan. The other issue is um, that when you look at the family cost, it's, it, it's just got to be devastating to know that if I'm... I can't cover my family. Even though my my employer is covering me, I can't cover my family. And so that's got... That's and I'm also paying a lot of money in premiums every single year, exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what w the problem we solve is we're first-dollar coverage, so it's, it's meaningful benefits for, you know, if I have, you know, if it's myself, my wife, my kids. I mean, I, I literally look at the last 20 years of my kids and us... We, and we've had hooray the last, you know, eight years, seven years. And the only thing, and we've had major medical as backup. We used, I'm 53 years old. I'm using my major medical for the first time. Really? This year. Really? Yes. For the first time this year. And so everything else has been hooray. And, you know, I, I showed you I had 14 stitches in my hand and I went into the emergency room. My kid, my son drove me to the emergency room. I gave my insurance card. They, you know, they were like, OK, head on back. They stitched me up, you know, watch. Was, was this a dad at home injury? I'm yes, trimming I, the plants yeah. or something. What am I doing? Well, yeah. actually, my son and I, <laughs> we, we, we I had bought him a, uh, a very large RC plane for his birthday and we were getting it ready to fly. And we were just in the house, and, and and I tested the motor, and it connected no problem. I, I and I was just literally going to disconnect the battery, and I handed the remote to my son, and he didn't touch anything. But all of a sudden, the motor just came on. So the and propeller, so the get, propeller, yeah. and and this is a very powerful motor. I mean, the propeller has got to be you know, you know, maybe six inches in you know, in a diameter. And, um, so I just instinctively reached with my left hand and to stop the motor. So it didn't hit anybody or anything. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. <laughs> so, well, yeah, the but, scar looks okay. Now I was just curious. Yeah, looks, yeah. I, my wife uh, did not, not something similar to that, but I come home one day, she's like, Hey, I cut my hand open pretty bad. I'm like, Oh, maybe she cut it, uh, you know, chopping uh, right. food or something. I come home and she was trimming the hedges with one of those electric hedge trimmers. Oh, Cause my wife's yeah. a little bit like she's a go-getter. So yeah, if I'm not going to be home in time, she's like, I'm going to do it. And yeah. next thing I know, I come home, there's a blood trail <laughs> leading out the back door. I'm like, what, what happened? Uh, yeah. And yeah, she, she just cut it deeply luckily didn't lose a finger but i mean she right. cut pretty deeply into her hand and oh, it was yeah. just like geez Louise. i know and, but what did you pay for that now that's uh, the next question so i question. can tell you we paid about 1300 dollars for that exactly yeah, yeah, yeah it mine was, was really 980 dollars. yeah yeah it well but here's the other thing that's amazing is um my son literally two months later who's he's a he's a a, a photographer works at a bank but he's a photographer and um he uh um he was driving to a photo shoot and ended up getting in a car accident. And um, my my wife's cousin 
lives downtown Dallas, so he actually w was kind enough to go over and pick him up, and he took him to the emergency room down at Baylor, and they gave him our ID card. They accepted it, and uh, they did a CT to make sure he was okay. Gave him, you know, cleaned him up a little bit. He had some glass in his face. Mm. They had, uh, and then he, they he, they gave him some, uh, you know, drugs to kind of calm him down. He was pretty upset, and uh, and I thought, oh, what's this bill going to be? Yeah. Well, we get the EOB, and it was forty nine hundred dollars. They were in First Health Network, so they it was down to seventeen hundred. We pay a hundred percent of it. Then we got the emergency room doctor bill, which they're, excuse me, they're out of network, and uh, it was four hundred ninety eight dollars. We paid a hundred percent. Really? So, in literally in three months, I paid for my whole my whole premium cost with uh with hooray health that's amazing for the, probably three years just with those two bills that's amazing well i want to i want to divert a little bit you know to maybe just expound upon not divert though we haven't really covered prescription side of this as, sure. as, yeah so that's i know so especially in my world we're thinking about all the scary yeah. giant gene therapy drugs and things like that that yep. are really big stop loss claims but somebody that's doing this might have maintenance drugs they might have things that they need to yeah. take on a routine basis so how does hooray address the pbm side of the equation yeah, absolutely so so what we do is we we have uh, RX valet is our is our uh, PBM, and so we have zero dollar cost acute. So if you know I need an antibiotic, something mm -hmm. like that, zero dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, we have five dollar maintenance drugs, chronic drugs, uh, copay, and then if there is a crazy drug that um, that uh, they need help with, we have a prescription assistance program within okay. RX valet. We have international sourcing. Um, and we get discounted uh, diabetic supplies, but what you know for the most part, uh, you know we're when you look at the top fifty prescriptions, you know we're taking care of those for either no cost or five dollars, right? Okay. And and then of course anything that's not on that, we have a discount program that's all built into our mobile app. Okay. Well, I want to ask you though, there's, uh, you know, there's got to be some inherent limitations, right? And I think mm -hmm. you've addressed a little bit oh, yeah. and I do want to really hit those head on, but my brain is thinking about the truly catastrophic stuff, right? Sure. The, the heart attacks, you know, end yep. up in the hospital, maybe a NICU baby, things like yep. that. So where does it, where does it stop right in its utility or what are the yep. gaps, if you will, if somebody's evaluating this for themselves? Absolutely. So one of the things that we, we have up front and center in all of our employee trainings, um, you know, our, our, our client trainings, everything. We are not major medical, and we're not major medical on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. We know the group that we serve. We we don't compete against major medical. We compete against not having insurance. I that, see. Okay. That's exactly what we yeah. do. And so when you look at where we fit, um, we take care of, we, we really fit in a couple different places. So when you look at um, a, an employee that may go get a, a subsidy on the, on the exchange that, um, because he was, they weren't, uh, they weren't offered um, uh, an employer-sponsored health plan. We can sit underneath that seventy-five hundred dollar deductible that they're going to get, even though it's free, right? We can take care of all their basic needs, and that's what we really focus on is the basic needs. Um, when you look at any catastrophic event, it's going to be just like if you were not insured. Uh, there is not a catastrophic event. So if you had an accident, our our accident coverage is either a five thousand per accident or ten thousand, depending on the policy or the plan that you choose. Um, it would limit out at that ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars, and uh, and so, you know, we we understand that there are going to be catastrophic events, and we've seen them.
um, and they, uh, you know, and it's it's going to be it's a risk, and we want everybody to have major medical, but the reality is, you know. Well, you're, it's obviously a you're serving a need. Yeah, there's yeah. uninsured or functionally uninsured, right. whatever term you want to use. There are just some people that flat out couldn't afford it even if they needed Correct. it, right? And so at least yeah. there's something there. I think that's similar to what like the medical cost sharing right. uh, services are trying to, that that opportunity zone they're trying to right. address as well. You guys are just going about it in a different way. But how do you feel like you evolve? How do you feel like you stay up with the demands of the marketplace? Like what are some of the things you guys are continuing to think about yeah. adding or bolting on and stuff like that? Absolutely. So this this year we um, we actually added on the RX the more robust RX so we're really excited about that because we we saw that as a as a, something that we needed to do uh, the other thing is we converted over to from just a traditional telemedicine to a virtual primary care this year and that is a game changer and the and the reason is because our goal is always to limit the out-of-pocket costs for healthcare period. I mean, if we can do it for zero, we want to do it for zero. And uh, and we've lived by that. As a matter of fact, just to put it in perspective, when we started, our product was had fewer benefits and it was 30% higher. We have not had a price increase in the last seven years. No kidding. We've only reduced our cost and we've improved benefits. So when we... Wow. When we find partners, we are always out evaluating how do we how do we improve what their access to care, but keeping the price at a reasonable rate, um, and, uh, and and that's that's our goal. So when you look at you know what are we going to need to do next, I think as we um, as we continue to to see more and more hourly mid level people that can't afford major medical. Um, we're going to need to take that 90000 up to a half a million or a million dollars and add some more hospitalization and stuff like that to make it more meaningful. Um, I think that when you look at, <clears throat> when you look at um, the other trend in the market, uh, which is this 1099 gig space, uh, we need to have an individual product, which we're getting ready. We're going okay. to launch Excellent. that one one uh, And that... But it's not going to be just for the gig worker. It's going to be for, you know, anybody that needs a supplement underneath their major medical, mm -hmm. right? That has a high deductible plan. So I think that's going to be, that's going to be a, 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 a an area that we're going to serve, and we're going to serve it very well. Um, but you know, when you look at when you look at uh, where we are today, um, we're really addressing basic needs, and eventually it'll be, you know, we'll we'll find the right um, avenue to take a more catastrophic look okay. at things, yeah. but it's it's never gonna be major medical. That's not where we wanna play. We, we don't wanna be in major medical. We have a really nice, um, a really nice niche, a nice focus that where we can stay with, you know, the people that really need the help. Well, before we zoom out to the big picture stuff, I do want to address that. I know quite a bit of uh, the audience that listens to this are your consultant. Uh, yes, yeah, so mm -hmm. your brokers, yeah. consultants work at agencies. And so they're probably thinking about right now, like, well, this might work for this firm, or I'm, I got a group in mind. Talk to me about kind of the brass tacks of engaging with you, kind of the timeline for adding a plan like this to a sure. population. What does it look like just to execute on this in the mm -hmm. group setting? Yeah, absolutely. So if, if uh, they can reach out to us at you know, hoorayhealth.com. Um, they can, uh, you know, reach out to me on LinkedIn, Russell Huber or Chris White, uh, other other sales uh, um, leads for us. But 
it, it usually takes, you know, between between start to finish, uh, you know, presenting to the client, getting the client to sign off and everything, you know, it, it takes typical, you know, 60 days like anything and to implement for open enrollment. Okay. Um, we, uh, you know, we just need everything signed, uh, you know, 45 days ahead of time, and then we're good to go. And reemphasize the type of employer population, right? We mentioned hourly or part-time mm -hmm. employers, yeah. employees. Are there certain industries that tend to be a good fit? Sure. Talk to me about that stuff. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because we when we first started, we do a lot in the, the restaurant hospitality space, which makes sense, do a lot in the retail space. But there are a ton of industries out there that you wouldn't think of mm -hmm. that have a very large hourly population. And so, you know, when you look at, um, we just, as a matter of fact, we're implementing a, uh, a large uh, workers' comp physician office uh, right now. You know, you've got physicians making, you know, whatever they're making. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, but then the rest of the staff is all hourly, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it, it, those are perfect fits, right? So any place where there's a large hourly population, um, you know, nursing homes, you know, long-term, uh, long-term long care, um, you've got, uh, you know, you've got a lot of manufacturing, you've got, you know, the people that, you know, even you got the people that are doing the work at the airports, you know, they're, that's all out. They don't work for the airport. They're outsourced, right? Okay. That are doing the baggage handling and stuff like that. Security firms. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of hourly, um, uh, opportunity out there for sure. That's amazing. I was, presume obviously there's a little bit of an education process, but once a, a member has been presented this this solution, sure. relatively easy, straightforward for them to understand what it is and what it's not. ClaimDoc is a medical claim auditing and member advocacy company. We provide fiduciary services to employer-sponsored benefit plans, allowing them to create an environment where we ensure that the benefit plans are being charged in a fair and reasonable basis. My business is basically people, and it's become a real simple transition. We thought it was going to be far more complex. I've saved, we'll say, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I could not say enough about ClaimDoc. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we even have videos. We are not major medical, and we want them to know you know, that we're not major medical and what we cover, what, that we focus on the basic health needs. But, you know, we communicate on a monthly basis via text and email to our uh, members. We, you know, it's whether it's flu season, whether it's, hey. Um, well, you guys got the great app too. Yeah, you showed me a little bit yeah, of your app. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we actually, we're just getting ready to start geofencing. So when you drive by one of our contracted providers, it just pops up, hey, if you're sick, don't forget you oh, can no go kidding. over here. Yeah. So we're doing a lot of that because we we want we're we're doing a lot of education on emergency room versus urgent care right now. We want to make sure, you know, we look at we look at our utilization and and if we see somebody went to the emergency room for a UTI, that that is to me a failure, right? Okay. And so I want to make sure that, and I should say we want to make sure that. Um, that they're getting the most out of their benefits and they're using their benefits. And so one of the things, just to give you an example, when you join Hooray, the first thing you get is you get an email and a text from us and, hey, welcome to Hooray Health. Click here to schedule your we virtual wellness. And it's a no-cost virtual wellness. We'll mail, we mail you a lab kit. Cool. You prick your finger, do the blood spot, you send it in, and then we have a all of virtually all of the um, the providers are 
primary care physicians. You're not going to get a nurse practitioner or, uh, or a PA. You're going to get a physician, and they go through and do your family history, your medical history, everything, your prescriptions, and you can see that same physician every month if you want to, but they can manage chronic, your chronic disease state as well, whether it's diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol. And so what's nice about that is they will send it to our contracted lab provider, which is Quest Diagnostic. They'll get the lab. They can go to any lab draw, get the lab, and then they can go through their labs with them. And so they don't have to leave their office. They can do it from home. They can do it wherever. And so um, even, even if they want to have their primary care physician it's great, but they can work in tandem with them. And so, you know, we're trying to improve the health of this population, which is, you know, they they just forego health yeah. because healthcare coverage because they can't afford it. Well, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that for the individuals. Nobody exactly. wants that for the system itself, right? Because what happens when you delay or don't get care whatsoever? It becomes right. catastrophic, either deadly right. or unfortunately really, really expensive or, or both. So that's right. we're trying to d- defer that from happening. What about big picture stuff? Let's zoom out here real quick and just talk uh, the big picture of our system itself. Sure. And then I'll ask you for your closing thoughts. So Shane, where are we going with healthcare, right? Where do you, what is your vision of what healthcare might be in five to 10 years? Um, and maybe what role does, does our government, if anything, have yeah. to do with it? Or could we stave off the, the public uh, type I, arrangement? You know, I, I think um, my, my favorite saying, and uh, you know, anybody that knows me hears this from me all the time, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. I literally said that this morning. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, a, I mean, they're going to put that on my gravestone because I, you know, we are, um, when you look at nationally, the impact that healthcare costs are on the, on the greater GDP, it's too high. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're coming to a p- point where um, something has to be done. And unfortunately, I'm sure it's going to be some type of government intervention, right? Um, how I would imagine it, it would be, you know, your Uniteds, your your Blue Crosses, you know, the Bucas, they're going to do something just like they do with Medicare Advantage, right? Um, but what most people don't realize is that there's cost to that, right? I mean, from a tax standpoint, there's out-of-pocket costs, right? Of course, you, know, yeah. you, you look in Japan, they just raised it up to, I think, the first 9,000 is you. So, you know, with Hooray, I think we have a, we have a future there. We're going to, you know, we'll sit as a supplement to that um, and you know, because we have that transparency and that fixed payment and that, you know, I think it, it's, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I think that's where we're going. I think transparency is going to become more of an issue. Um, there, uh, I think you're going to go to smaller health systems. They're, they're going to have to break up these major health systems. Mm-hmm. They, they, we, we um, you know, just like they did the, the baby bells, right? I mean, they're going to have to break them up. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, transparency has to come to the forefront. You know, we talked earlier, right? You know, we, what's funny is we already have fixed pricing. It's Medicare, right? Medicare rates. Medicare, they already have bundled surgeries with, through DRG, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have to go to that level where we just, because it's like me going to Walmart and I pay $5 for a gallon of milk and I walk out and, and, Three months later, I get a hundred dollar, you know, balance bill. Yeah. I, how does that happen? It does. There's, there's no, there's no common sense. And you know, what I'm hoping is that there's going to end up being some common sense here, right? Because even, 
even from a there's no correlation between cost and quality, quality yeah, in healthcare. Yeah. And we need to get to that point. And somebody has to, you know, somebody has to in the government has to, you know, work with industry to say, hey, we we've we've got to rein it back in. And there's no reason the government should be paying twelve thousand dollars for a total knee and Blue Cross Blue Shield should be paying forty five, fifty thousand. Right. Right. Uh, and I shouldn't say Blue Cross because it's really us paying yeah. that, right? Yeah. And there's no reason because, it, you know, it... it well, it, it literally leaves you, like, almost dumbfounded. Well, it's exactly. Like trying to, I, I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to... I'm just literally saying, trying to describe it and make sense of it. You just come in this circular, right. like, I can't... <laughs> right. How do we get here? And that's really what it feels like some days is how do we get here? And that's right. why I make it a mission at least to talk about how do we get out of here? Uh, right. How do we get away from this? So why don't you give us your closing uh, thoughts, Shane, before we yeah, part ways, sure. man? Well, I, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of innovative companies out there right now. Um, and uh, and it's... Capitalism is great. And that's that's how you uh, continue to innovate. And there's, uh, you know, we um, uh, we're going to innovate our way out of it, hopefully. And I think that, uh, you know, the the good news is we've got really smart people in the industry. We've mm-hmm. got really, uh, you know, people that want to do the right thing. So hopefully we can get through this together. But I think that, um, you know, we're just going to continue to, you know. For us, we're going to continue to innovate, and you know, you know, we talked about dependent coverage. You know, we've got dependent only now, right? So, you know, we can sell our products, so you can accept major medical. You know, there's other groups out there that are doing great things that are solving niche needs, and and uh, you know, we uh, we just we need as brokerages and other companies. You know, we try to support our innovative partners, right? We're always looking for them and we want to help them. And so uh, as a broker, you know, getting to the innovative companies and working with them and helping them, you know, innovate and, you know, put them in front of clients is uh, is a great thing. Well, that's what I, I fortunately get to take a relatively neutral standard stance or agnostic stance on this podcast, and I do that intentionally. It's because it's not really my my job to judge what's best or, uh, for a particular employer or for a consulting sure. firm. But by presenting these ideas and presenting an array of ideas that solve different problems, my hope is that the marketplace will figure out which ones actually work and which ones not sure. so much. And I really wish you nothing but success. There was a, obviously a good reason why uh, you were referred to be on the podcast, and I'm going to have to give Kyle. Uh, uh, my, my thanks for him doing that. But it was great to meet you, Shane. I hope this is just the first of many meetings, and I wish you luck with Hooray Health. Thanks, Spencer. Same my with pleasure. you. Thank really you. Really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely.